Hello everyone and welcome back to this episode of the Better World Challenge Podcast. I'm thrilled to bring to you this interview with Eric Boggs, the director of the Business Honors Program at University of Oregon. Eric Boggs has so much leadership experience. He talks about the importance of dialogue and working towards a common goal. If you're interested in leadership and leading to build a better world, this is going to be a great episode for you. So let's dive in. Hi, I'm Justin Furtado, a social entrepreneur with a passion and experience in community engagement and philanthropy located in Eugene, Oregon. It's our responsibility to take care of our communities, have uplifting conversations, and make the world a better place. You're listening to the Better World Challenge Podcast. Welcome to the Better World Challenge Podcast. Eric, it is great to have you on. It's great to see you. My first question for you is what inspires you when you get out of bed in the morning? You know, rainy Oregon mornings, Justin, what's the E.B. White quote? I rise each morning torn between the desire to improve the world uh, and the desire to enjoy the world. And this makes it hard to plan the day. That resonates with me a lot. I, I think about each morning, how can I learn something about myself or get better in a little way? How can I learn something about other people? a colleague, a student, and how can I do a little thing to um, kind of reach the summit to actualize my goals for improving our community, uh, even just a, a tiny community? Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll we'll talk about those leveling up and stages as we go along in this podcast. And you are currently the director of the Business Honors College at the University of Oregon. And you know, you teach a lot about leadership, resilient leadership, and there's storytelling in your bio and, you know, resume. My um, question for you is, can you tell us about your leadership journey to get to where you are now? Yeah, my career makes a lot of sense looking backwards, Justin. But had you told me 20 years ago that I would be teaching in a business school, I don't know that I would have believed you. So as an undergrad, I studied environmental studies, and that really immersed me in the plethora of problems across the globe, locally in Oregon, globally, through my international travels and study abroad. And that for me was, was really overwhelming to be engaged in that academic discourse of how many challenges the world faced. Simultaneously, I was doing a lot of outdoor adventures for the College Outdoors program. And through that, I really enjoyed connecting with people, building community, learning what leadership looked like for others, and myself practicing. And so those two passions or interests merged out of undergrad, and I got my dream job working for the National Outdoor Leadership School, Knowles, leading wilderness expeditions. So a month in Arctic Scandinavia, three-month-long semester in Chilean Patagonia, sea kayaking, mountaineering, and working with people, working with groups of strangers to help them become a team, to help them learn more about themselves, to learn more about others in pursuit of this common goal. And sometimes that was to get to the top of a mountain or to kayak around a distant island to circumnavigate it. And in those challenges, I learned a lot about how to teach leadership, how to facilitate dialogue, how to get people safely out of their comfort zone 
so they could experiment and take risks and learn and pursue goals with the idea that by connecting people with the wilderness, we might inspire a next generation of environmentally aware, motivated leaders that could help preserve these places and take actions in their lives that would improve sustainability in general by connecting those places. And I did that for eight, nine years full-time, changing continents with the seasons. My pickup truck was my home. And eventually I, I got a little tired and a little worried. I got tired of moving so much about building community and having it disappear. And I got worried that when I was you know, an old man at 41 years old, that maybe my shoulder would hurt and I'd be uh, stuck in a, I wouldn't know what to do. So I moved to Eugene, Oregon, and I pursued a master's degree in education and followed that up with a master's degree in geography while teaching at a, an outdoor high school for high potential, low opportunity youth, oftentimes adjudicated teens, students that had been kicked out of other high schools. And there we built a place-based curriculum. So how could we learn social studies by walking through the graveyard? How could we learn science by doing stream sampling? That type of stuff. And after four or five years at this outdoor high school, I found an opportunity to lead expeditions again, to do leadership workshops, and do international travel, learning service expeditions. And that was at the Holden Center, where you and I met. And that, uh, that was a, a great time in my life, designing these experiences akin to how I would try to design them when I was in the wilderness, but they were shorter, they were week-long opportunities. And I really enjoyed that because you'd work with a group of students like you, maybe in their first year of school, and then you'd get to see them day in, day out, you know, maybe every week and get to hear about their journeys and see how those little experiences had, had a ripple effect on their lives. And after, you know, five years of doing that, I moved over to the College of Business, where I'm now the director of the Business Honors Program, and I help scaffold and coach, scaffold a two-year experience for leadership development for a cohort of 35 students. So we have a total of 70 students, but it can shape shape uh they're in two classes and then i also teach i teach courses on leadership for undergrads and mba students and then i do workshops and trainings here and there uh as needed across the university and i also have my own corporate consulting business where i do these types of simulated expeditions leadership ad adventures for organizations like like Google's next generation marketing uh, marketing development team or uh, a technology association of Oregon. I built these communities and help people uh, have experiences that help them talk about leadership so they can learn about themselves, learn about others, and maybe make a difference in the world. Yeah, make a difference in the world. I love that. And it sounds like you have a plethora of leadership opportunities. And I want to kind of go back to a little bit more of your earlier journey, maybe with Knowles, where you were mm -hmm. you know, traveling internationally. Like you, you said this word common goal, which, you know, kind of stuck with me is like, how as humans can we work together towards a common goal? Um, yeah. Especially when you're in, you know, international environments, I'm sure there are people from all over the world. And like, how are you building a community, um, when, you know, with people with such different backgrounds to 
and, you know, creating a space where people want to belong? Yeah, that's a great question, Justin, and a tough one to answer concisely. When we go on an expedition or we go to another place, we off, we have this opportunity to be very intentional about what we take with us, literally, you got to pack it in the backpack and figuratively. So we ask participants to think about what they want to bring with them and what they want to leave behind. And throughout the experience, we have conversations that help us gather well, as Priya Parker would say. We have this opportunity to create a temporary alternative world. <laughs> We're on an expedition away from everything. Cell phones are gone. And we ask people to embrace behaviors that we know will make for a successful expedition. Diversity is what we are. Inclusion is what we do. How can we be inclusive? How can we learn from different styles? How can we listen to others? Can we support each other? Because an expedition is, is literally, viscerally, physically a very challenging experience. It might be cold, it might be rainy, and all of us are going to show up in our worst selves and, and hopefully our best selves as well. And so a lot of framing, a lot of conversation, and a lot of one-on-one -on -one feedback and peer feedback, which is not something that we often get a chance to do is to have that candor between each other about seeing you, how you're impacting me, that type of thing. Yes, that peer feedback. And, you know, you talk a lot about vulnerability in um, your work. And it is difficult when you're in the backcountry and it's cold, it's rainy, you don't want to get out of your tent, you don't want to, you know, cook breakfast or cook dinner, or whatever it may be, but it's part of you got to take care of yourself. And I think, yeah. you know, being in the backcountry really forces you to almost level up. And, you know, it's, so community oriented because you're really like, mm -hmm. you have to rely on each other. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And I, I really curious how, how do you invite vulnerability and move it from the, you know, the back country to now you're honestly, you're teaching online and how do you, mm -hmm. you know, approach vulnerability, like with online learning and communication? Yeah, it's a great question. And admittedly something that I was nervous about stepping into spring term. How could I create a similar environment to the classroom, knowing that my classroom often more, looked more like a campfire than, than it did a traditional lecture class? And so I bring these kind of this expedition mindset, I call it. I frame the course as a journey that we're going on together. And I talk about some of my personal experiences on how vulnerability and candor and, and inclusion really are kind of the secret sauce to a successful expedition. It's not about individual performance. It's not necessarily about perseverance. It's about this adaptability and dialogue between us. So concisely, I do it through modeling. I do it through an invitation. And then I do it through framing and sequencing, meaning that the beginning of the course, I'm not going to be like, Justin, tell me your personal worst leadership moment. <laughs> tell me your deepest fear. Tell me your crucible. But we have a little warm-up questions. What's good right now? What's What are you grateful for? And what's holding you back? What's the gravel in your boot that if you don't take it out, it's going to give you a blister right now? And so we got to build up to that. And this spring, I was astonished. I had a group of wonderful MBA students. Our last class was of a story slam, if you will, where each person got to talk for three minutes and 
I was holding back tears and getting hair standing up on the on, on my arms and people were all in eyes open as they say they weren't just blindly jumping in but they were they were engaged and supportive of another one another and people felt comfortable bringing authentic self to the experience and i was blown away i think bringing in the authentic self is so important when it comes to leadership and i want to honestly go back and just ask the question, like, what does leadership mean to you? I know a lot of times you shared a few articles on LinkedIn recently about mm -hmm. how, you know, when people envision a leader, it's often a male. And mm -hmm. um, I know NASDAQ just changed some rules where they have to, there's a, a diversity requirement because often in these corporate boardrooms where leadership, it's, you know, white males. So how can mm -hmm. we kind of reframe our leadership and especially for someone listening, you know, maybe who doesn't mm -hmm. consider themselves a leader, how can we break down some of these leadership stereotypes? Yeah, it's a great question. And maybe you should take my class, Justin, you can still register. Uh, I think with leadership, learning leadership, we have to unlearn a lot about leadership meaning that we all tend to think uh, to couple leadership and a position. We think of leadership and we think about power. We think about influence. We think about a CEO. And leadership is an action that, or a behavior that anyone is capable of and can be learned. Kuzis and Posner say that in their leadership challenge. And a book I didn't know existed when I was leading kayak expeditions, but something that I very much learned to believe. And so leadership is something that anyone can do on an expedition or in a classroom. Leadership can be self-care, making sure that you're prepared to lead others. Leaders can be listening. Leaders can be um, prototyping or brainstorming. And so it's hard for us to conceive of leadership as so many things because we're hungry for a simple answer. My simple but complex answer is that leadership is about an awareness of self, my style, what are my strengths? How can I get better? What am I working on? And under, an awareness and understanding of others. So that diversity of leadership identity, both in terms of demographics and style. So we may have different leadership styles, right? That um, I tend to be outgoing and loud and you may be quiet and introverted, but we can both lead that way. So those, those two things, awareness of self, awareness of others, and then in pursuit of a common goal. So a summit, a change, right? a, um, an improvement, a better world, if you will. Absolutely. And so I, my question is obviously 2020, 2020 was one of the most divisive years. I mean, it also might be one of the years that I like am a little bit more cognizant of what's going on, but 2020 to me seemed like a very divisive year and it doesn't feel like a lot of times we have a common goal. How, how do we, you know, come to a place where we can share a common goal of like building a better world and seeing a more equitable and inclusive world, especially when it comes to leadership. Empathy. It's hard. I think it's a really, really hard time. And I'm over, you know, we're all over the platitudes, this turbulent time, unprecedented year. It's, it's been, it's been a lot. And particularly when we feel afraid, when we feel anxious, when we feel grief, when we are, when we feel threatened, 
as many members of our community may in, in this tumultuous year with um, you know racial violence and extrajudicial uh, police killings. And it's hard to empathize with others. And it's hard to empathize with somebody who has a different worldview than you and to try to understand and to try to listen. And so I, I believe that leadership in these times requires this really brave empathy and listening to others so that you can try to find common ground. Finding common ground is so important. And I, I do believe empathy starts with it because we all we all share our different experiences. And I think that's one of the really cool parts about being human. And um, obviously 2020 has provided an enormous amount of challenges. I'm curious, what are some of the you know lessons, takeaways, experiences you've had in 2020 as we you know move into 2021 that you're taking with you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think a big one that I've learned through facilitation this year and I've been amazed by the power of it is, is dialogue. Listen to understand and as opposed to waiting for your turn to, to be as interested in the stories of others as you are in your own story. And that dialogue can be really powerful transformation for us because in a story well told the speaker is actually transported to that same moment where they had that experience and if you look at the neurology of storytelling that uh, story well told their brain scans show that the speaker is actually there man they were, they were there and when they're doing it really well with story structure and voice and emotion the listener is engaged in a similar similar way so their brain, they're, they're getting the same uh, same cocktail of chemicals that the speaker is experiencing. And so through storytelling, we can really learn to um, experiences what, experience what others have experienced. And that's a really powerful tool for behavior change um, and for empathy and understanding. What are some of, sorry, um, what are some of the ways that you see you know, people can imp like, how can I get better at storytelling or how can a listener get better at storytelling and telling their story for change or for a common goal? Yeah, there's a lot out there and I'm happy to send you, um, you know, send you a reading list or you can follow me on Twitter, Boggs underscore E. I tweet all about storytelling. And for me, it's the telling of the story that has helped me learn more about it. In 2015, I had a, a house fire and it was devastating. The house didn't burn down, but everything was smoke damaged. And I found myself standing in front of the Holden Center with a cup of coffee. And a friend of mine asked me, how are you? And I just paused for a long time. On one hand, I could tell them that I was a hot mess and my house just burned down and I didn't really know what I was doing at work. And really overwhelmed and risk overwhelming them. And on the other hand, I could say, I'm fine and act like I was invisible and that my, you know, slack jaw, wide open mouth, bugged out eyes weren't showing. And I found some common ground. I said, you know, we're going through a really challenging time right now, uh, but I'm grateful to be supported uh, by family and friends and community. And if they ask more, I would tell them more. And so I told this story again and again, and through it, I learned what it felt like to be heard by somebody who could really see me and say, oh my gosh, gosh, that's really challenging. And then there are people that would say, how'd it start? 
or be like, oh, crazy, and <laughs> walk away. And so I felt like I felt what it felt like to be heard, and then what it felt like to not be heard. Right. So that difference between empathy and sympathy, and through that, I I learned a lot about my own listening, right? My own listening, and how I hadn't always been a great listener. And so that's the long answer to practice. So if you think that you have a story that you want to tell, you need to think about why. And Barry Lopez has a, has a great quote on this. I'll try not to butcher it too much, but that authentic stories are really about, do they benefit us? Do they benefit others as opposed to just benefiting ourselves? I love that. Be- benefiting the, the common goal. And my, my final question for you is, you know, I love storytelling and, you know, I can ask how storytelling, you know, how can that make us a better world? But what does a better world full of resilient leaders who are sharing their vulnerable stories and fighting for a <laughs> common goal look like to you in 2021? I hope for dialogue, Justin. I hope that we can have dialogue across difference, that we can be, we can invite different opinions and not just um, you know, send mean tweets to each other or, or have this kind of um, one-uppance that has relegated our, um, our community and cultural conversations to, to not listening, to not dialogue. My hope is that um, through that listening that we can make more equitable shifts in the way that our society works. Um, and when I'm thinking about equity, I'm thinking about not humans, of course, and making sure that uh, citizens have equal rights and opportunities, uh, we have access to health care, and also thinking about how we think, you know, the triple bottom line, right? How, do we, how can we uphold um, the systems, the living systems that support our lives and our, and our planet and everything on it? 100%. I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. Thank you so much for your time today, Boggs. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I'm feeling good about 2021. Let's have some more dialogue. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate you and what you're doing. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better World Challenge podcast. I hope you're feeling inspired right now. To find out more about how you can make the world a better place, check out our website at thebetterworldchallenge.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe because together we can really make the world a better place.